Artistry Zen, a podcast where we talk about small creators and small businesses in the creative arts industry. I'm Antonia Fish. And I'm Emily Rose. And this week we'll be talking about the logistics of running a small business and how to sell your artworks. So Emily, why don't we get you to explain how you got started in the art world through art galleries and exhibitions. So at the moment, I don't have a website or anything like that to sell my artworks. I don't think I'm quite ready to launch into that. But currently, when I exhibit at my local artist run gallery, I put all my works up for sale through them. And in that exhibition, I will sell my paintings that way. And that just works when you have an exhibition, Mm -hmm. I apply for it. I fill out all the form stuff and then I mark a price and then when the show opens, I make sales that way and then at the end of the exhibition, give my painting away and I get the money and that's basically how I've been selling my paintings. But I would really love to set up my own business and get it started myself. Mm -hmm. And I know you do that. So how about you tell us all how you get started with that and all the steps you took and the logistics behind that. Yeah, definitely. So for our listeners, uh, new and reoccurring, I run my own painting business. So if you haven't heard our last two episodes, go and listen to those because Emily and I explain our art styles, how we got into art and all of things that we got involved with for university. So Last year, uh, for one of my university classes, I had to provide a painting uh, for this particular class, and I decided to ask my teacher if I could do finger painting, which is what I've been doing for the last couple of years. So after she agreed, to my surprise, I created this artwork, uh, which we talked about last week, which was of the skulls to do with alchemy, and. That was one of the paintings that my family and friends were really quite shocked at, and especially uh, anyone who knows my dad is—he's very—he's a very—he thinks he's an art critic. Um, He thinks that he, you know, knows a fair bit about certain subjects, and so if you impress uh, Mr. Fish, then you know you've got a definite good thing going. After I'd been encouraged from family and friends to keep this going, uh, it was actually my stepdad who passed away this time last year, who was a businessman. And towards the end of his life, he would bring people around to visit him and he would show them through the house, which has kind of turned into our own little art gallery here at home. And he was the one that kind of encouraged me to keep it going, more so that he could show people more artworks. Um, But it more turned into something that, again, I didn't realise it was going to happen. And uh, October of last year was when I was asked to start my first commission for a dog painting. Uh, So I started with dogs and animals of all sorts and kind of just started posting them to Instagram. And then I ran into uh, a couple of girls who run a company in town here in Bathurst who work with small artists and work off commissions. So they would take a 30% uh, commission rate off anything that we sold through them. 
uh, for using their space and eventually I started making more paintings and putting them up around town uh, and it more started as a word of mouth situation especially with these small towns you know over here in Australia we uh, are very big on word of mouth and you get to know the community that way but yeah I, I got my first okay. commission in October of a lady's mm-hmm. Labrador and uh, she was really happy with that and I sold it for I think it was $200 um, and since then I've upped my rate to another $20 from that for the locals. And then, uh, yeah, I've done over 25 commissions since October last right. year, which is crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. And for your first commission, how did they contact you? You said for your very first one, was it email or how did you actually get that happening? You just mentioned a commission, but like, how did that come to be? Yeah, so my first painting that actually sold through, you know, I I labelled myself as Antonia Fish Art was a friend of mine actually down in Wollongong who I hadn't heard from in a year because of COVID and uh, he contacted me because he saw, it was actually one of my, uh, it was my samurai fighting fish that he uh, was interested in and I had posted it, you know, not thinking much as you do as a beginning stage artist, you don't really think that anyone was going to reach out to you and and ask for it. Messaged me over Instagram and said, are you actually selling this? How much would you want for it? And because it was a bit bigger than my other dog paintings, I said, oh, $250, all right. And he said, yep, absolutely. Bring it down to me. So I hand delivered it down to him and he put it straight up in his home. He had the, the pin in his wall ready to go and he put it straight up and it was so nice of him. And, yeah, we, we got to actually hang it for him in his house and uh, that was oh, yeah. the first one I ever sold. And then the way I got through mm. word of mouth around town was through this commissions company and, uh, you know, you, you do you get a lot of people to see it when it's up somewhere in a legitimate business. And so that's what I would encourage people who are doing uh, paintings that need to be seen in the flesh. Uh, Definitely if you have a a small area where you know that that kind of stuff is happening or Mm. where you know that you can uh, work with a company that works off commission, it's been the best thing for my business, especially around town. And then from Mm. there, it's more just been Instagram because a lot of my original pieces that I've sold have been through Instagram and Facebook. And so I recently just did one that was really, wasn't something I was intending to sell. It was just more of a pastime situation. So you really don't know, especially in the Instagram market, you don't know what's going to sell and what's not or or Mm. who's going to see it. And I think that's a a really big thing that I've tried to encourage a lot of artists is that you just never know who's going to see it and you don't know who's going to take an interest. And if you don't post it, then you'll never know. So that's definitely been the biggest thing. And and then once you get a little bit bigger, you go into websites and advertising. Uh, you have to work a lot harder for social media. That's been my biggest struggle. And Emily knows this is my mm. trying to get Instagram reels and stories okay. and TikTok. And oh, it's I hate editing, but once I put it out there, I, I do get some incredible people message me. And TikTok has been one of the greatest tools, mm-hmm. I can say. If, if you are an artist starting up and you want to reach a bunch of new people, mm-hmm. start a TikTok, start posting content regularly because 
I've had multiple people. Uh, one woman was from Brazil. Another mm. couple of girls were from America. And they've all just commented on my TikTok videos and said, this is incredible. Like, this is amazing. How do you do this? Mm. And, yeah, you just never know. Okay, okay. So just posting a lot, uh, interacting across platforms and when you post a, a picture, do you put the price and the details below it or do you wait for them to contact you and then tell them that kind of stuff? Yeah, definitely. So there's a lot of tricks to the trade. And, and again, I would suggest you really have to do your research with this kind of stuff. Uh, I've found out a lot more. In, in this last year, I found a lot through Instagram and through TikTok. Uh, people are sharing their tips a lot more. And mm. one thing that I found out through this kind of stuff is that there is a trick to the algorithms and there is a trick to what you post with your pictures and the hashtags that you use. There's there's all this uh, background work that you have to put in. And so mm. with my art pieces, I uh, will say the description or say the little you know, storyline that I've got with it. And I will give all of the details for the artwork except the price. So this then encourages someone who... Okay. When, when you're an artist in this field, you really need to weed out the people who are serious and those who aren't. So if I was to put the price up personally for me mm-hmm. uh, on my Instagram post... It brings in the people who go, oh, yeah, it's probably a doable price, but uh, maybe I could haggle them down. And the last thing you want as an artist is to be haggled for your artwork because when you put in the time, the effort, the money into an artwork and you calculate Mm, all of that, and there's a rhythm to that as well to calculate that, which I can explain as well. Once you you calculate that and you put the price up, it's a lot more than you – thought it would be so then you have to discount yourself because you're still starting out and you're not huge as soon as you put that price up people go oh maybe Mm. I could get that down a bit further and you do not want to be taken as the artist who is going to be haggled in the beginning because then people don't take you seriously so if anything and like Emily would Mm. know this as well from the exhibitions that you've done you know people see your stuff and they go wow they, they can talk to the artist. Yes, They've exactly. seen the time and the effort and this is the price, perfect. And it's the same with Instagram. You have to you have to put forward, this is the dimensions, this is the materials that I use, this is the time. Mm-hmm. And I'm always, always, always put how much time and effort you've put into the artwork because I recently did my first a portrait of a person, an actual human being, which I've never done before. <laughs> and... Uh, they took okay. uh, 20 hours on, on a 40 by 40 canvas and mm-hmm. I stated oh, wow. very clearly that it was 20 hours of, of time and uh, the effort that goes into that and yeah. <laughs> my piece for that, which, again, I haven't put on Instagram specifically because I want people to message mm-hmm. me so that I know that they're serious. Yeah. But after the calculations that I made for that one, and I haven't even told Emily this yet, it's worth about three grand. Wow. It's <laughs> crazy. But like so, 20 hours is a long time to work. And if you it is. do that, plus like standard wages and, and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. And I think that is something I need to start thinking about more because yes. pricing an artwork is so hard because I yep. hadn't used any kind of algorithm or made anything up kind of thing. I just looked at 
four paintings yep. that I did about two years ago. And I couldn't remember how long I spent on them or anything like that. So I just looked at them and mm-hmm. I was like, how much would yeah. I pay for them? How much do you think? Because I'm start- an artist starting out. And I just tossed and turned over it. I eventually priced it for like maybe $150 and then I took it to the gallery and they're like, you've underpriced that so much. So I was like, okay, I'll add another 100 to it and 250 And even then they're like, that yeah, is still yeah. super cheap. But that's, but that's what happens. So I was like, oh, it's my first yeah. exhibition. I Yeah, I didn't know and it's that, that was still cheap and I, I sold yeah. three of them. But looking back, I probably sold them for mm-hmm. way too little I, I probably spent weeks on them and I just didn't factor anything in like that. I didn't factor in, oh, mm-hmm. I should be earning a wage mm-hmm. per hour for painting this and the materials, like oil paint yep. expensive, the mediums. You just look at it and you're like, oh, uh, I don't know, I don't know. I don't want to yep. look too expensive. No one's going to buy it if it's too expensive. But then if it's yeah, too exactly. cheap, people probably won't buy it either. So... It's the balance. You're so right. It is a balance with this situation. And I think when you start out, you are told a lot that you uh, can't oversell, you can't undersell, like what's what works, what doesn't. And the biggest rule of thumb that I have found in this profession, and again, I will accredit everything that I know to this woman and I just love her so much, but she is the one who posted her algorithm and uh took it down actually because I think people were trying to work out her artworks and again you you don't want to be haggled and you don't want people to take you for a fool so Mm. from what I learned from her Mm. was you take the time that you spent on it you times that by your hourly rate so what you're going to pay yourself and then you add on your materials Mm. and costs of anything that you've bought for it so oil paints the canvas anything that you've needed for it and then that becomes your end price so that's how I pay myself in this situation and again like you were saying before with your artworks how you underprice them I'm still at this stage underpricing my dog portraits because I'm living in a small community and people you know aren't willing to pay a lot when they're in a small community like this whereas if I was in Sydney my prices would be astronomical like you look at any artist who's working out of Sydney or any major city my my works would easily be a grand in there so it's a matter of demand it's a matter of what people Mm -hmm. are willing to pay what they've paid for in the past it really is just trying to find a balance and you do you do struggle with that when you're starting out and I mean I've been doing this for almost a year now And I had a friend of mine who he bought from me recently, a couple of months ago, and I sold him a painting for 700 because he said, no, I'm not paying you 600. I'm paying you 700 because that's just ridiculous. I'm going, okay, thank you. But I told him, I told him about my most recent one. And he, again, it's another conversation point because I didn't put the price up and he actually physically asked me, so how much would something like that go for? And I looked at him and I said, oh, I've been told that, and again, I used the excuse of my mother. I said, oh, my mum has told me that I can't go any less than three grand. And he looks at me and goes, that's amazing. That's great. I'm so glad that you're actually putting your artworks up for what they're worth. And I just looked at him and went, oh, okay. Because you are, you do get really worried Mm. when you're 
in this profession that you are overselling yourself and that no one will buy it because they'll go, oh, well, you know, it's too much. Meanwhile, there are artists who are doing extremely abstract works that are selling for hundreds yeah. of thousands of dollars. So it's mm. just about the market that you're in and it's about expanding yourself to other markets that will get you heard and what people are willing yeah. to pay. Because I recently just had a woman uh, pay me 500 bucks on the spot to do her uh, a commission with two dogs and then send it down to her mm. to Sydney. So you just never know. Mm. And do you sell most of your paintings to local then? Yeah, so most of my artworks at the moment are local. I will say that another tip that I would give to people, especially around Australia, is markets. And Emily attended my first and last market that we had before COVID kicked off here. Uh, But markets are an incredible place for people to see your artworks. And I still have people emailing me almost seven months later saying, I found yeah. you at the market and, you know, I, I, I've just been waiting for a right time to contact you because I now have enough money and would you be able to do this commission? We we briefly talked to you about it and, oh, I'm just hoping if you could do this. And uh, it was honestly, I, I got so many commissions out of that situation. So markets are incredible. If you talk to the local community, they're okay. incredible. Uh, and then social media, if you really know how to market yourself and you take classes online about it, there, there are so many resources on YouTube and now TikTok mm. that uh, push for marketing yourself. And so I'd really encourage to look into that okay. as well. And what would you recommend for people like me that don't have a particular style or something that because mm-hmm. you have your style and then people commission you to paint portraits of animals normally. So that's kind of like a set rules almost. You have your style and a topic. But for someone like mm-hmm. me, I don't have a style or a particular topic that I like to do either. So I'm yep. kind of lost in the commissions kind of world because I don't know how to market myself to commission like what would they want from me? I could, I don't know how to even go about it kind of thing. Yeah, definitely. I have my own paintings that I paint Mm -hmm. and I could probably put those for sale, but it would be nice to have someone and do a custom painting for them, but I have no idea how to go about it basically. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think that's a really good question. So from what I learned uh, last year, I – At the beginning of last year, I wasn't doing this situation. It was a complete 180. I was actually doing a different art business, but I was doing watercolour and gouache and I was sewing and I was embroidering and I was doing, again, Creative ADHD was taking over and I was doing too many things in too too little of time. And um, I realised that you do need to have a niche in order to stand out. So that would be another big situation that you need to look into is you do need to find where you fit and even if that means creating your own niche and starting that because once you have a title and once you have uh, something that you can say you're a part of people again take you another level of seriousness so for me when I look at your works Emily your still lifes are so to me realistic but they do have this element of abstractness. And when you go off into your the ones with your boats and the ones with your multicolored areas, you know, once you start to research more and you look into other artists who do similar things to you, 
I would just make up a niche. Mm. I would find something that sounds similar and then uh, put them all together on Instagram. And then when you start to lay out your Instagram uh, properly, and I know okay. it took me a long time to really get serious about my Instagram. It was uh, a kind of a wake-up call that once you take your Instagram seriously and use it as a marketing tool, you begin to lay it out like a portfolio. And once you get that portfolio sorted, you just don't budge. You, you can't show any kind of, as weird as it is to say, you can't show any kind of weakness in this mm, art world okay. because when people go, oh, she's just kind of throwing it up there and, oh, she's not using hashtags or mm. she's not listing uh, the dimensions or she's not doing, oh, well, she's not a proper artist. And that's what <laughs> I got a lot of flack for when I first started is I didn't do all of that and I didn't say how much time it took and I didn't say how many people uh, you know, paints that I was using. And so once mm. you take yourself seriously and you say, no, no, I'm a businesswoman, this is my business, I do this full time, then people go, oh, well, I can just look at her Instagram and, oh, I can see that this is, once you see this recurring pattern of images, they go, oh, now I know what she does. Oh, maybe I can, uh, a commission from her, but what do people ask from you? So that would be another situation. So what do people ask of you? What are you offering to them? Mm. So for me, I've made it very clear that I do okay. uh, animal portraits and that's what people ask from me. Uh, but I also mm. do, and what I'm trying to show off, is that I can do more than that. So mm. you can mm. expand outside your field. You you okay. can't be afraid of that. And if you sit in that fear for a little too long, which is what I did at the start, you do rob yourself of those opportunities because you don't know who's watching. And because I did take that leap of faith with the markets okay. in April down at Berry, and I really marketed the hell out of myself. I, I made sure that people could see my stall. I was going to make it all rainbow because that's my theme. I had my painting of a dog out the front and lo and behold we had a uh, celebrity come along who is Jason Hodges who used to work for Better Homes and Gardens and he came along and mm. it was kind of that mm. weird moment where I knew his face but I couldn't pick where he was from and yeah. as soon as he walked into my booth I kid you not I had a swarm of people I I had been pretty steady for the most of the day but as soon as he walked into my booth and he came right up to me and said is this what you do and I had about 20 people standing outside of my stall wanting to see what I was offering and it was absolutely insane so as soon as you put yourself out there and you say, well, no, actually I'm a business, they go, okay, how much? And you go, uh, this is my set price. And they go, perfect. And yeah, you don't take any bull, you don't take anything less. Mm. So, Okay, so would you recommend for me, so maybe I should choose one style, do that, mm -hmm. and then have my art on the side and do my own yep. kind of thing, which is different because the only thing is I get bored with one style so easily yes, that's me. I, do, <laughs> I do a still life and then I want to do abstract, but maybe I need yep. to split my kind of and do two things and have a business and sell one kind uh -huh. of thing and then have my own art on the side. And then, yeah, and I think that's what a lot of people end up doing because yeah, you have to, you have to kind of divide between business and pleasure. So yes, I guess maybe that's the step I should take. Uh, choose. I don't know what to choose. Maybe, maybe, 
I would have to think about something that I can be specific with, maybe landscapes. I've been liking doing landscapes and then people can... Your landscapes are nice, but I, I see I love your close-up stuff as well. Mm. But what I, would, what I would suggest with that as well is if you start in a small niche and you show that you can do one thing really well, mm. once you start getting people in and then you can use them as kind of like references or reviews... Then you start opening mm-hmm. up to other opportunities and other things that you've been wanting to try. I never in my life thought that I could do portraits. I've always been absolutely terrible at drawing people, painting people. <laughs> never, ever would I have attempted it. And it wasn't until that I was, you know, 20 commissions deep that I've gone, you know what, I want to do something for myself. I want to try a style that I haven't done before. Mm. And not only did it turn out well, but I now have people commenting on it. I now have people asking me, you know, this is really unique. You know, will you continue this? As if to say, "Mm, if I could uh, have an idea about you in the future. So you just never know. So once you start small and you show Mm. that you are incredible in your field, then you expand and you go, oh, this is something I've been wanting to try for a while. Let's see if we can give this a go. Mm. And maybe – for a future episode, I just had the idea of maybe we should deconstruct our painting processes because I would love to know detailed how you start out your paintings and and I would yeah. love to explain how I start out my paintings. I actually I actually recently one of my other friends wanted to do a still life and but her problem was she was she always said it was out of portion and I explained how I did yep. all mine and she was like, Oh wow, I didn't yeah. think of doing it like that. So I would really love to compare how you do yours and how I do mine and we could, yeah, discuss like actually breaking down our styles kind of thing. Well, I don't really have a style, but for certain paintings, I do have my methods. I yeah, do have, definitely. even though all my paintings are different, I have fundamental methods that I follow for each one. Yeah, awesome. So, yeah, it'd be good to break that down sometime. Okay, well, I think we've covered a lot today. I think we've also gone over time again, which is what we seem to do every week. We just have too much to talk about <laughs> is what's happening here. Yeah, so I think uh, we've got a definitely a good topic for next week. Mm. I reckon uh, yeah. the breaking down of styles will be really fun to talk about. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so I think we will wrap up for today. Do you think, Emily? Yeah. Well, thanks everyone for listening. Yes. I loved hearing all your business tips, but thank you so much for explaining that and bringing it down. And awesome. Yeah. Thanks yeah. So thank everyone you everyone for, for listening. listening. Uh, we will see you next week. And if you have any questions or if you want us to talk about anything specific on the podcast, we now have our Instagram fully up and running. And we will be able to answer anything you have there for us. So thank you again.